It's time to put on those oven mitts because it's time to bring the heat with Christian Brown. And welcome to another episode of Bringing the Heat. I'm your host, Christian Rao, and we are back for another episode of 30 Teams in 30 Days. We have a great guest for you today. We got PJ Bonello. PJ Bonello is a diehard Mets fan. I love what he says on his Twitter account. He says he's a diehard Mets fan because he hates entertainment and overall enjoyment. <laughs> I love that. He's a co-host of the Scooter and Big Man, Scooter and the Big Man podcast. You can find them on Twitter at Scoot Big Man Pod. Hey, PJ, what's going on, man? I'm doing great, Christian. How you doing? I'm doing great. Glad to have you on the podcast. I love talking New York Mets. It's always fun to talk about New York sports in general. Um, you know, it's just a fantastic time. And what a good time to talk about the New York Mets for what they did this offseason. You guys have had a fun team and it's only got more improved. We're going to talk a lot more about that as we get on the podcast. But we can't ignore what happened in 2020. Uh, there was some good moments in 2020 for this Mets team. There really was. Uh, you guys, you have arguably one of the best young guys in Pete Alonso the last two seasons. He's leading the league with most home runs, you know, after mm-hmm. what he did his rookie campaign and he had a decent year last year in the 60 game spread. No other player in the entire league has hit more home runs in the last two years than this guy. But what is your thoughts about the entire New York Mets organization from that 60 game spread last season? So that twenty that twenty twenty season was obviously very weird for every team, but focusing on in on the Mets, you you talked about Pete Alonso. You said he he was good, and I love to hear that because a lot of people wanted to say, oh, Pete had a bad year, and yeah, his his averages weren't that great. He had like two thirty four or some or something around there. He him in clutch situations just didn't look right. But the men still in a 162 game season would have averaged like 40 home runs. So to say he had a bad year, I think is uh, I don't think is correct. I think he might have had a a season that wasn't as expected coming off a 53 home run season, but he didn't have a bad season. So I'm happy you said that you didn't say, Oh, he had a bad season. Uh, but the, the main standout from the 2020 season had to have been Dom Smith. He, oh, he, sure. he showed flashes at the end of 2019. He got hurt ended the year on a walk-off homer against the Braves. I'll never forget that, but came out of this season, just absolutely on fire and never stopped If There was an all-star game. He, he would have definitely been in there. He would have had he should have had more MVP votes. He he was just all around the maybe like the pinnacle of that of that lineup last year. And it was so fun to see because he's such an energetic and lovable guy. So it was it was such an easy guy to root for. He obviously had Jacob the Ground doing Jacob the Ground things. He's the best pitcher in baseball. I don't I don't want to hear anything else. Um <laughs> get get all get all the, the Garrett Cole that are out of my face. It's, it's Jacob the Ground. Uh, Ooh, a little Conf- Mets, little Mets and Yankees smack talk right on bringing the heat. I like it. Keep it up. We, we always, we always say on our, on our parks, we don't talk about the Yankees, but you know, we, we always talk about the Yankees, yeah, but, <laughs> but, uh, Michael Conforto had a great season. Uh, he's got his extension talk later, but that 2020 season, he really kind of showed that he is a superstar, uh, or a type of guy that you can build your team around, but it wasn't all great there is obviously they were an under 500 team 26 and 34 they their biggest problem they never really got going their longest winning streak was only three games so like there's never like a, a real stretch where like oh my god this team might be able to uh, make a run they just like they never they never had it uh their biggest problem last year the, the craziest staff from their entire season last year was that they led the mlb in batting average at like 
two something like 270 something mm-hmm. but were last in a batting average of runners in scoring position they've oh, had nice. 111 it was it's absolutely bonkers insane how bad they were at hitting clutch situations and it didn't really help that they didn't have anything behind Jacob the Grom so David Pearson the, the rookie that came up last year Pitch pretty solid. He'll, he's probably slotted in to make the rotation this year. But behind that was Rick Porcello, Michael Walker, uh, uh, Stephen Match, who couldn't really get it together. And then filling guys like a, like a Corey Oswalt or uh, any random, i blanking on some of the, these other names, but Ariel Huerto, that was the guy they got that just randomly traded from the, the Rangers mm-hmm. just to start a game. Like it, it was a, it was a dumpster fire of a, of a rotation, but there were definitely those good things, but, the biggest thing, I mean, it took me this long to say was just the the new ownership. Yeah. I mean, that's one thing that we should talk about as well, is that this Mets team is under new ownership, something that the fans have been talking about and wanting for a very long time. And it has finally happened. That means is there that there's the possibility that they might actually spend more money and try to bring more guys in and be maybe compete to be that top end team in the New York you know, the New York area, it kind of reminds me of, you know, what happened in the, in the basketball when the Clippers got Mm -hmm. bought out. And now, you know, the Clippers want to try and compete with the Lakers. Can the Mets do that and be, you know, competing with the Yankees when it comes to money? Well, I don't know if you can honestly, when it comes to money ever compete with the Yankees, but I think, you know, your new owner can do it. Tell me about the new owner. Well, Steve, you said, you said that you don't think that they can uh, match up on the money wise. Steve Cohen, $14.2 billion is, is has more of a net worth than the next, I think, four highest earning owners in Major League Baseball combined. Ooh, I love it. Yeah, keep telling me I'm wrong. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> That's where we're at, ladies and gentlemen. We're at this far in the podcast, these far in the episodes where my guests are already telling me, hey, man, <laughs> you suck. This is this is my pod now. PJ, nah. you take, take the reins, bro. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just... No, you're I'm, good. Tired. That's right. I'm just I'm just tired of all the negative Mets talk. We've had it for so long with with the Will Ponds yeah. and the penny pinching and and all of that. I I'm just so tired. I'm so happy to be able to be excited about the Mets and know that there is like a good future and a team that's mm-hmm. going to be not even just for this year that they're they're building for for years to come. And it's just like I said, it's oh, it's it's such a nice feeling. Is this is how teams like the the Cardinals must feel? To be to be like oh we have like uh, organizational stability to where we we know we're just gonna get uh, these these random guys to succeed and we don't have to we don't have to worry about all that you know that you don't have to spend uh, absorbent amount of dollars to be successful you gotta spend it uh, correctly and Steve Cohen said we're not gonna spend like drunken sailors so when I hear when I had people talking the the off the off season like oh they didn't they didn't get everyone we wanted well they're not stupid they're gonna they're gonna get the guys that fit this team best. So he's put together, he's put together a good team. He, you can already see the culture change guys like Marcus Stroman accepted his qualifying offer because he said, I, he, he alluded to Steve Cohen and the entire uh, cultural shift of the Mets organization guys, guys like Jacob, the even came out and said, I want to be, I want to be a Met for life. So you can just already see this team is having so much fun right now. It's just a different vibe of the team. Well, one thing to keep in mind is definitely that this team is going to be in the running for the NL East. And I can't wait to hear your expectations and what you think these, this team is going to be at the end of the podcast. But this NL East team, this NL East division is going to be absolutely insane. It's going to be the most exciting division in baseball. I, I have no doubt in my mind. To be completely honest, I have no doubt in my mind. 
But we just talked about 2020. Let's put it behind us and let's start moving on. You talk about Jacob DeGrom. He is the leader of your rotation. There's no doubt about that. There's also another guy who hopes you have the come, you get some comeback in, and that's Noah Syndergaard. Are we going to mm-hmm. see that guy this year? What's he going to look like? So they're, they're saying that he's going to project around June, July. It's kind of around the all, uh, a little bit before the all-star break. And he hasn't, he hasn't pitched in the year, but he's throwing like bullpen sessions and they say he looks good. You, you have some, uh, some video out there of him, of course, shirtless. Cause Noah Syndergaard always loves to throw ball you know, shirtless. You know, I actually was going to ask you this question, but you just beat me to it. If you had the body like <laughs> Noah Syndergaard, would you wear a shirt? Cause I sure. Absolutely. I, I absolutely would not wear a shirt. Yeah. Okay, good. I would we're on the same page. I, th- I think I would just throw all of my shirts out because I don't need them anymore. You don't need shirts. Yeah. No, no. in the ground doesn't need shirts. And if no. no shoes, no shirt, no service, unless you're Thor. Yeah, that's it. yes, that's exactly. It. Yeah, I agree. All right, can continue with the rotation after we got that most important part of the discussion <laughs> out of the way. Yeah, so they hopefully are expecting Syndergaard back in that in that June July. You don't you got to ease you're probably gonna ease him into it. He's not gonna be the same the same guy in years past. He's gonna throw maybe like two two three innings. He's gonna be a pitch count so. It's a very wait and see with him. He's also on uh, – he, he's going to need a contract extension after this year too. So he's – it's very up in the air, but I have hope. Uh, I mean, Marcus Stroman, bringing him back, he he's an addition to that team last year. You, you can say that, oh, he was on the team already. It's not really uh, an acquisition or addition, but he just, he just didn't pitch in, in 2020. He opted out. And so adding him to that rotation, and he's looked great in this spring he he's introduced that new like change up that it's cutting down looks nasty um his his energy that he brings to the club every single day is is something to watch it's kind of like on, on that dom smith level where you just love to root for the guy because he he brings so much energy and he just you can tell he just loves baseball uh they brought in carlos carrasco from Cookie. the indians Cookie carrasco from the indians in Lindor, a very underrated part of that trick because everyone wants to talk about bringing Lindor, which they should. Right. But Carlos Carrasso is no slouch. He has been a, a top of the top of the line, like a great two, three starter for the Indians for many years. Um, he, unfortunately, he has been dealing with injuries this spring. He's going to be out six to eight weeks. So that's, that sucks to, to not have the guy. Cause that was one of your other big rotational uh, pieces. But what the, the biggest part of this off season was not the the flashy signings, not the the big trade. It was the the depth. It was getting those guys who, because baseball is a 162 game marathon. Guys are gonna get hurt. You're not gonna have the same team that you had opening day at the last game of the season. Right. It's just never gonna happen. So it's so important to get that depth, and that's just never what the Mets have had. Brady Van Wagenen said last year the Mets had the deepest rotation in all of baseball. And their three star was was Rick Porcello. <laughs> their four star was Michael Walker. They didn't have they didn't even have a great five. But so so this year, like they have David Peterson who showed out last year. He pitched, he pitched well. They brought in a Joey Lucchese from the Padres who has major league experience and can pitch in some and and has some success as well. Not a Jordan bad Yamamo- Yes, I, there's a very underrated pickup for them. He's also looked very good in, in spring. Yep. Uh, Jordan Yamamoto, who didn't have a great season for the Marlins last year, but people forget he had a, a very nice season in 2015, pitching to like a, a around a four ERA, I think. But young guy also seems like he just loves to be here. Mm-hmm. And then they picked up guys like like Mike Montgomery 
uh, Jared Eikhoff. These aren't like flashy names, but these are guys who have pitched and had some sort of success that you don't feel awful about if they maybe had to throw like, oh, go in one start. So, and don't let's not forget Taiwan Walker too was another big late season or late in the offseason acquisition who had a had a very good who shined in that, that 2020 season. Yeah. And not only Taiwan Walker did good in spring training, he also couldn't even get his new number because Mr. Matt took it from him. So that's something to keep in mind too. He, had, <laughs> he couldn't even wear double zero because Mr. He respect, got it. He respected Mr. Matt too much yeah. to take his number from him. I mean, you gotta respect Mr. Matt. I mean, come on, he's um, a pretty cool looking mascot. Don't get me wrong. I love- but I'll tell you what, I really liked the pickup of Jordan Yamano. Uh, you just said that too. Uh, he just, but he just got sent to the minor leagues. Am I correct? Yes, he he kind of uh, lost out on that that fifth spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe part of the reason I, I'm not positive on this, but my speculation is that he has minor league options okay. and uh, Lucchese, uh doesn't. So that's kind of like that. I expect him to pitch a handful of games in the majors yeah, this play year. Play the chess game. Play the chess yeah. game. I like it. I'm really looking forward to seeing Noah pitch. Obviously, we'll see when Cookie comes back too. But Degrom and Stroman should be able to carry that for the first, mm-hmm. you know, month and a half of the season. Obviously, we'll see more pitchers as well. But those two guys, you know, running your your rotation is going to be very fun to watch. I'm I'm very I'm looking forward to Mets games this year. And I'll be honest with you, PJ, I can't mm-hmm. say that I've said said that in a very long time. I can't say I've said it in a very long time. Yeah. So at least we're on the same page. That's good. You know, and you're a Mets fan. So that's, that's saying something. Let's move on. Let's talk about this bullpen. You just talked about, you know, that this is the most, you said last year that they had the most depth of the rotation. They might have a deep rotation now, um, but they didn't last year. You're correct. But this bullpen, this bullpen has depth, BJ. It really does. You got a closer like Edwin Diaz. You got Trevor May. You got Dylan Batances. If, if Batances can get back to where he was at one point, it's an absolute insane addition. He's got to show up sooner or later, right? Maybe bring up some kind of the way he was when he was in the Bronx. He's got to do something. Miguel Castro coming over um, when he was with uh, Baltimore was a good addition. We'll see where he sits at now with the Mets. I love this bullpen. Looking at names like this, it's a deep bullpen. Not a lot of lefties, though. You only got Aaron Loop in that bullpen. That's the only downfall, I'd say but a very nice bullpen. Yeah, they have some pieces. I, I've I've have a love-hate relationship with Edwin Diaz, which I think a lot of Mets fans have. He had a, a awful, awful 2019, but bounced back very well on 2020. And on, on our pod, on our podcast, I, I stated clean slate with Edwin Diaz. Whatever you do this season, this is what this is how I feel. Yeah. Uh, not, nothing from the path is getting taken. This is a clean slate. We're starting over. But if he pitches like he did in 2020 or just pass back into that manager's day, that's your shut down closer, boom, bang. You don't have to worry about that. It's getting to him that is, is we need to worry about. Seth Lugo is obviously the the multi-faceted man, the, the mm-hmm. utility man in that bullpen. He can go uh, long innings. He can close games. He can be the setup man. He could just pitch in your high, most high-level situation. He kind of reminds me of that Andrew Miller type when in, he was on the, the Cardinals yeah, where they just kind of pitched him whenever they needed. He was their best reliever, and they, they just pitched him whenever they needed to get out of a jam. But – He's dealing with an injury. He, his timetable to return is kind of indefinite. I think right now Um, might be like May or June, but not really positive. So that's a big hit to the bullpen. But like you mentioned bringing uh, Trevor May, Trevor May, a very underrated uh, signing from the twins last year. Yeah, I agree. That's got a great arm. Aaron loop. The only lefty in the pen. I don't, I don't really subscribe to you need like a ton of, a ton of left. I think you had the one, I think it works out fine, especially with the you have to pitch to to three batters rule. It kind of right. takes away from the the need, the definite need for for more lefties. Um, 
you just need guys that can pitch to both righties and lefties. And Aaron Loop, uh, it was very good with the Rays, but I think every pitcher that pitches for the Rays is pretty is pretty good. It's going to be really interesting to see in the next couple of years how these guys who were on the Rays actually pan out and to yeah. see if it was, you know, this is the Rays or if it was these guys in general, because you're right. Those, those guys on the Rays, that pitching squad did something, especially that bullpen. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm fully convinced that Chris Archer is going to win like a Cy Young this year just because he's on the Rays now. And they're just going to fix him again. That's one hell of a bold take. We're not even talking <laughs> about we're, we're talking about the Rays here, but I'm about to write that one down. My God, <laughs> I'm going to talk to my boys that raise the roof. Over from the Tampa Bay podcast, they, what a great name, by the way, Raise the Roof. That is a great name. But yeah, I like uh, that. tell them what they you said. That you might get about a hundred follows from Rays fans after I tell everybody that. I'll one. take it. I, I love the Rays. <laughs> that that 2018. I loved following that team. Yeah, they're not. They have not a bad, not a bad one to follow at all. Yeah, I like that. You know, and you you bring that up about Aaron Loop being the only lefty, and we just talked about that. Mm-hmm. The fact with that three batter minimum, I had the thought that there would be a possibility that the loogie, you know, the left-handed specialist would go mm. out of the, it would not be needed anymore after that three batter minimum. And, you know, bullpens like the Mets are proving that's not the case, you know, or I'm proving that is the case. I should say that, you know, they only need one. I'll be interested to see if they decide to pick one up later on in the season. It'll depend on what happens. You got to remember, they have a very tough division. I mean, there's, yeah. there is a lot of bats in this division that can put it out of the park. I mean, multiple yeah there's a lot of scary teams the braves uh the braves were a game away from the world series last year yeah. and if you can argue if they had mike soroka and he didn't get hurt they were there the nationals had a more down season but you know they're getting they're going to get back strasburg and that three-headed monster of scherzer strasburg and corbin is one of the best rotations in the in baseball mm-hmm. and juan soto is a monster and i like carter kaiboom too at, at third base, I think he he's a young he's gonna be a problem for the Mets, and I hate it. I hate Trey Turner, but he's so he's so pesky, <laughs> but so good. But I even like the Marlins a lot too. They, you know, they had a they had a surprise season. Yeah, you know the Marlins did have a surprise season, and I'll be interested to see if they do anything and to see if they can get ahead of a team like the Mets, you know, in this coming season. But I'm gonna get that expectation for us at the end. I'm here with PJ Bonello. PJ Bonello, you can find him on Twitter at PJ underscore Bonello. Diehard Mets fan. Can't, I can't say, can't continue to say this. This is hilarious. <laughs> Hates entertainment and overall enjoyment of his free time. He's also the co-host of the Scooter and the Big Man podcast, New York Mets take with the bust the city in half. New episodes every week hosted by your boy, Brian Sharkbait. You can find Brian Sharkbait on Twitter as well. And then right here, PJ Vanello. I love it, man. That's awesome. I love, I love the, the logo. I love everything about that podcast. It's a pretty badass podcast podcast to be honest episode 35 was just dropped the other day um tell me about that podcast what's going on with it yeah so you know general general mets podcast you know mets news uh and such uh breakdown uh game during the season we're gonna break down like every game of the week we're gonna break down whatever news comes by uh general baseball news we we talk about a lot too we'll talk about the signings we'll talk about uh around baseball maybe talk about maybe have like a fantasy corner Trying, trying some things. People, people have been asking for a little fancy baseball talk. I'm, I'm down for it. We, we have, uh, we do general like uh, the drafts at the end of all of our, uh, of our episodes to get just a fun kind of different perspective and just in, in the minds of, of, uh, of the three of us on the podcast. Uh, me, Brian, and our producer Pat. Uh, but podcast is great. Go, go subscribe. Listen, you can get it wherever you find podcasts: Apple, Spotify. Uh, Google prints everywhere. And yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, I've, 
I've really loved doing, I never really saw myself doing a podcast, but God presented me since episode one, I've been loved it. Well, so far, man, you're doing awesome. I've listened to appreciate that a few episodes of it and you got a fan out of me. I'm going to continue listening to it. Not, like I said, not really a big fan of the Mets. I don't usually follow them too much, but I like the insight and I enjoy the entertainment from you guys. Let's roll in though and talk about the rest of these bats because let's talk about while we're here. Let's talk about the reason why the -hmm. New York Mets are on everyone's radar this year. And that is because of two people. That is because of the guy, Pete Alonso, who has hit homer after homer the last two years. And obviously we're talking about Francisco Lindor, the guy they got from the Cleveland Indians. They're going to be the two centerpieces of your infield. It's going to be filled with, you know, guys that are very underrated as well. I'm sure you have a lot to talk about guys like Jeff McNeil. I'm sure you got a lot to say about him. I'm sure you got a lot to say about JD Davis. And, you know, even the, it's just, it's just a very good overall infield, in my opinion. Maybe not the best defensively in some positions that I just mentioned, therefore. But when you look at the bats, it's there. I've, obviously, when I come to defense, I'm not talking about Francisco Lindor. He's got one of the best defenses in all the league. But round out that infield for me. Tell me what you like about it. Yeah, like you said, it's, it's a very dangerous hitting lineup. These guys, top to bottom, as, as a hitter contact power, some speed in there. They got it all. The defense was something that uh, Sandy Alderson said coming into the season. We want to fix the defense up the middle. And they obviously with Fran- with Francisco Lindor, that's both hitting and fielding right there. McNeil is a more natural second base. We, they tried him at third. He just, just never looked right. He never really felt comfortable over there with the Cano suspension for the entire year, which I think people would just generally forget that Robinson Cano uh, is still a part of this team, just not for this year. And ha- being able to put McNeil there in the, his natural position where he's most comfortable is so huge because he is not a bad defender. He just kind of is playing all over the place. He's not comfortable there. But, yeah, Alonzo, I talked about him before. I, I don't think he had a bad season last year. He just had a, a weirder uh, season. And J.D. Davis, I like J.D. He He's going to be on – I think he might be on a shorter leash. Uh, his – that has to be there because his defense is never going to be spectacular. He has a great arm to make up for his uh, subpar glove. But if he's not hitting, you might see a lot of Luis Guillorme, who you put that guy in the defensive scheme. Mm, that is a he's one of the smoothest gloves I've ever seen in on the Mets since like Ray Ardonia's back in the day. I love this infield. I really do. I love this infield, but mostly for the offensive power. And does anybody rock a dad bod better than Pete Alonzo? I don't think so. I don't think so. You know, he's, if it goes out of style this year, he could easily bring it back by the trade deadline. I'm telling you what, but I'm interested to see Francisco Lindor. I watched him hit a grand slam in spring training just a little bit ago this year. And that was fun to watch. He's going to, he's going to be a stud. I think the fact that, you know, he finally is going to be lifted from the reins of Cleveland where there was talks of him being traded and he's not going to be the centerpiece anymore. And now he's finally just away from all of that. He has freedom to just let loose. He's going to make some people pay and you're going to be able to see that in a Mets Jersey this year. Yeah. I'm, I can't say enough how excited I am about Francisco Lindor. When I heard the news, I was, I was in the gym on the treadmill and I just, I saw a, uh, a notification come up on my phone. Mets and talks for Francisco Lindor. Like, Oh, Oh my God. All right. This is happening. Let me, let me, let me focus up here. And then like three minutes later, Mets acquired Francisco Lindor. Boom. And I was floored. I, I had to, I had to get off. I had to, to go back to my, get in my car and 
and just just sit there and be like, oh my god, that's <laughs> nice. got a superstar. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, that was because up to that point, they they got Trevor May. I love the Trevor May sign. They got James McCann. I really like the James McCann signing. But we were still waiting on that that superstar, that big move we were all talking about when when Steve Cohen got this team. We're like, we're gonna get all the free agents. We're gonna get we're gonna get Romuto. We're gonna get Springer. We're gonna get everyone. And it didn't happen up to that point. Some some fans were getting impatient up to that point. And I I I was very much on the stay calm. Everything's gonna work out. And it did. They got arguably the best available player of the offseason. I would agree. I would agree. You might might put Springer in the mix too. Yeah. But I would agree. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so you just brought up McCann. You also brought McCann over too. Got can't you know forget about this catching position that instantly improves a much needed improvement for a catching position. Um, that puts a nice bat in with James McCann. He is a very fun piece to do. He's getting a, he's not super old. He's at, he's a good range. He's at good range right now. He's at 31 years old. Well, yeah. 30, he's going to be 31 in a season. What's your thoughts about McCann and uh, moving forward? He's going to be fun. Where are you going to see him bat in the lineup? He'll probably bat in the, the seven, like the, the seven to eight range. And that's not a knock on him as a hitter. It's just more of a, an, uh, a uh, focus point that the Mets have bats in this lineup. So it's not that, oh, he's hitting seven. He, he, he's a bad hitter. No, it's that guys like Pete Alonso, Jeff McNeil, Dom Smith, Michael Conforto, Francisco Lindor are all going to just be hitting above them. And that's just what it is. But he, more than anything, he, his glove, we've seen it this spring training. It's just uh, such a relief <laughs> to have another, uh, a guy in the, on the backstop who actually can play catcher. Like we had Wilson Ramos last year, and I, I don't even despise Wilson Ramos. He was, he was a good hitter, but, man, that guy could not catch. He, he could not play catcher and lead this rotation behind the plate. So just being able to see you in, in spring training alone, McCann's throwing out runners at second. He has a cannon arm. McCannon is, is, what, uh, is what he's being called now. So it's, uh, like that. it's going to be a huge addition for them. And – and it was a, a very underrated signing for what – because everyone wanted JT Romuto. Going into the, the offseason, I really wanted JT Romuto. I, I realized his, his price was going to be high, but I was in the – we have this $14 billion owner, money doesn't matter mindset. And as it went on and they wound up signing McCann, Romuto wasn't really doing anything. There was no real traction on the Romuto. He wound up signing with Philly, obviously, again, much later. But their reasoning was, hey, we couldn't really sit around for Romuto. McCann was sitting right there. We think he's uh, on par or, or good enough for, for this club. Let's go grab him at a very reasonable contract. Well, I think he's going to be a fun pick for you guys. And I think that you guys are going to uh, fan better than having real muto. I really do. I think it helped you pick up more pieces. And sometimes you see that you saw it with the nationals a few years ago, them getting rid of Harper. It was a perfect mm-hmm. storm for the money that they had to give up to get rid, not let Harper resign. They signed some guys that gave them the perfect storm to make their run. So maybe not picking up a guy like real muto. And I guess you could say so-called settle for a guy like McCann, when it comes yeah. to contract wise, it opened up more and that gave you room for depth. And that's exactly what I want to continue talking about. And is that that outfield, that outfield has a lot of depth. So that left field, we talked about Dominic Smith. We've already discussed that multiple times, Michael Conforto, how you said that he has the opportunity to be a star caliber player and Brandon Nimmo as well. You also got Kevin Pilar 
You got Jose Martinez, great utility guys off the bench for each of those. Kevin Pilar is a great outfielder. You know, I actually got to see Brandon Nimmo's uh, MLB debut. It was oh, in really? Washington. Yeah, it was a few years ago. And I remember it that he was, it was, uh, so first of all, big sexy pitch that day. Love it. And, uh, and, and Brandon Nimmo was, it was his MLB debut. It was really cool to see. Uh, I'll, and that's it's the only one that I remember actually being at a game and a player debuted. So he's got a little piece of my heart. Uh, so I, I'm, a, I'm a Nimmo fan for that. But tell me about that outfield with Smith and Nimmo, Martinez, Pilar, Conforto. It, it's a, it's de- there's depth. There's no doubt about it. It yeah, there you you hit the nail in the coffin right there. It's it's a they have a lot of guys. They also had Albert Almora, who an underrated kind of signing, a very good defensive glove. He's been hitting this spring too. So if he could, if he could do that, that's just a a very big uh, plus to get the guy in like a veteran minimum contract. But as for the starters, Smith, I already said, breakout guy last year, absolute stud, uh, could do could do everything. Nemo, a very underrated player, very divisive in the Mets kind of community. Some people love him, think he's a superstar. Others think he's like a fourth outfielder and really shouldn't be starting. Um, I, I fall more in that he's definitely a, a starter uh, type player. Uh, you can just look at the numbers. They back it up. And Mario Conforto, I, I think he has star potential. Uh, it's going to be interesting with his contract negotiations coming up, uh, free praying that they can they can kind of get him back but we'll see with that later we're not gonna worry about that now we're worrying about the season but their their biggest problem is the defense in the outfield Brandon Nimmo is like I said he's a great hitter definitely deserves to be a starter he's not a good center fielder and the defensive metrics kind of show that he, he's kind of a negative in center field um, if you move to a corner outfield spot I think you'd be so much better but they don't really have that availability right now with Smith and, and Conforto, you need to have those guys in the lineup, but he had a, he had a problem. He was just playing two in with the ball last year. That's what he was cited. So he's trying to work on that. So maybe that makes him a better center fielder. Who knows? Um, and Dom Smith in left field is a kind of the similar situation where he's not that great in the field, but he completely has made up for it with his bat. So you, you hope that these guys can just make the routine plays. They don't need to be spectacular. Just make the plays that you need to make and, and you'll be good. Your bats will make up for it. But the outfield, much like the infield, great hitters, killers throughout the entire lineup. And Brandon Nimbo is a four uh, four hundred uh, on base guy, or kind of close to that, or he's like a high three eighties, three nineties guy. So that's a great guy to have at the top of the lineup. Let's put it all together, man. Let's put it all together after looking at every single position. This is the time we've been waiting for MLB win totals two thousand twenty one by. DraftKings Nation from DraftKings has the New York Mets at 90 and a half wins for this season. That's actually only second place in the NL East. That is one game behind the Atlanta Braves. So that would make them, looking at this, that actually make them the wild card too because they have the Dodgers and the Padres both up there. So that would make them the second wild card team. Wow, it would take 90 wins just to make the playoffs in the National League. I actually would not be shocked to see that. Put it all together for me. Yeah, put it all together for me, man. Tell me about this team. Tell me your expectations. Tell me if 90 and a half is too high or too low. And tell me, does this team finish second in NL East or do they finish somewhere else? So I think I think 90 and a half, that 90, that 91-ish wins. I think that's that's right where I expect them to be. I expected them to have kind of that that 88 to, to 93 wins, that kind of range. So the 90 and a half is is correct. Uh, I do think the Braves are a very good team. I, I stated it before, but I think the Mets are winning this division. 
they, like I said, they have the hitters. They have, if all the pitching can be, can be healthy and come together, they have one of the best rotation, but probably a top five rotation in, in the league. And like I said, that, that it's that lineup, man, that lineup has a, has killers in that lineup. I, I've said it numerous times, Alonzo can hit a bomb anytime you want out of the stadium. Francisco Lindor can do everything, hit for contact. He can hit for power. He has the speed to stretch a, a single into a double, double into a triple. The, so that 90 and a half, I think that is, that's not too low. It's not too high. It's, it's kind of exactly where I expect them to be. Nice. Nice. So the porridge is good. That's what I'm talking yes. about. All right. Fantastic. Hey, do whoever wins the NL East, in my opinion, is going to have to be a buyer at the deadline because this mm-hmm. is going to be such a close battle. With that being said, you think the Mets are going to win this division. So assuming they have to be buyers, what's the position they go after? I think it's going to be a bullpen arm. Okay. If I, if I had to put my, my money on, I think it's going to be a bullpen arm. We, we touched on the bullpen before. Uh, it depends on how kind of guys like Dylan Batantis and uh, Jerry's Familia pitch. If they can kind of regain their past forms, then you you have a bunch of great arms in the bullpen between – you mentioned uh, Miguel Castro, Batantis, Familia, Diaz, May, Loop, when Lugo comes back. that If if those two guys, Batantis and Familia, can, can regain some sort of form, they're in a good spot. Uh, but if not, they're going to really have to look for another arm, another late-inning arm, just to, to be safe in, in those deep playoff runs. I like it. Hey, it worked for the Cubs in 2016. Mm-hmm. I grabbed the guy named, you know, Mr. Chapman from the New York Yankees, won them a World Series. It's been a long time since we've seen the Mets win a World Series. It's been all the way back since the Subway Series that they've made it that far, correct? The the last time they made it was, was 15 against the Royals. That's right. Oh, the last yeah. time they won was 86. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Check that out. That's right. I remember the Subway Series growing up as a kid. I do remember that, but they didn't win that one. That's correct. No. All right. Well, I didn't mean to put bad news on you to end that pod. <laughs> let's start off. Let's end with some good news. Let's end with some exciting news, and let's talk about your bold prediction because that's what we're here for at Bringing the Heat. That's what we do. If you can't stand the heat, go watch a different sport. All right. PJ, tell me, what do you got for a bold prediction for the New York Mets in 2021? So I've been thinking. So I've been thinking a lot about this. Like, what what would be like a bold prediction? I could say Jacob Degrom wins the third Cy Young, but that's not really bold. He's the best pitcher in the league. Oh. I could say Francisco Lindor wins wins the an MVP. He's up there. He's one of the best shortstops in the league. I don't think it's that bold. Okay. I have talked about him a lot. It's part of our our podcast name. It's the big man, Pete Alonso. To who I am. I am the big man. I I need to rep him. I think he's gonna finish in the top in the top five of MVP voting, he is going to have a maybe not a 50 home run season, but he's going to have a monster killer season. You can see it in spring training already. I see the vision. I see the MVP season coming in front of me. He's going to finish top five, top three. I'll say top three in MVP voting and in 2021. All right. Top three for Pete Alonzo, the best bad dad bod in all of MLB. I love it, man. That's good. All right. You said not 50 home runs. We, was it 45, 45 or what? Let's put I think a number gonna, on it. Let's, I'm going to, I'm going to put it at 48. Ooh. All right. Good. 48. All right. So I can't wait to talk about, we're going to get a pulse check when the trade deadline comes around. I'm going to have you back on. I'm definitely going to have you on back a lot sooner than that. Cause the Mets are going to be a fun team to talk about this entire season. PJ, thank you so much for joining me on this podcast. It was a blast. Definitely got to have you on again, again, scooter in the big man podcast. That's your show. 
tell our listeners where they can find you, what you got going on, and just go ahead, plug away, my friend. Yeah, you can find us on Twitter at Scoop Big Man Pod. We're also on Instagram and TikTok at Scooter Big Man Pod. Go, go check us out. Um, pretty much just throwing out uh, memes and, and funny content. Uh, I've been doing a countdown to opening day on, on the Instagram account, and it's on Twitter as well. We're on uh, day eight. So very, very close. The Gary Carter days, days away. Um, you can find us and listen to us on Apple, on Spotify, Google, anywhere you, you find podcasts. We're, we're all over the place. Um, go rate, subscribe. It, it helps us a ton. Christian, this was a blast. Honestly, I, I had a very, very fun time and I would love to come on whenever you would, you would love to have me again. I appreciate it, man. And you would definitely be back on because this was a blast as well. Always love talking. That's baseball. Definitely enjoyed the energy here and I hope you listeners do too as well. And that will wrap it up for us here at bringing the heat. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. The Mets are going to be a fun team to watch in the NL East. And Hey, PJ Benello thinks this is going to be the team that wins the entire division. Wonder if they can defend and move on and maybe beat teams like, you know, the world series defending champs, Los Angeles Dodgers. We're going to talk about the Dodgers here in a couple episodes from now, as we continue on of 30 teams in 30 days, we are almost there for opening day. But until then, guys, I will see you back here tomorrow. Take care.